1: everyone. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nina Pantic, joined in this episode by Irina Falcone. Hey, guys. How's it going? So this is a very unique week for us and for everyone in the world right now because of the coronavirus, all kinds of chaos going on in the sports world, even though that... In the grand scheme of things, is not that important, but because we are the Tennis.com podcast, we are bringing you a special episode. Later in this show, we're going to have Tennis Channel producer Kyle McClellan join us and talk about his experience going to Indian Wells, where he interviewed, I mean, something like 40 players still. They're all coming through the media tent at Tennis Channel's production studio, so it's kind of interesting to hear his take on watching that all unfold in real time. But first, I have Irina Falcone. As you guys know, she's a WTA pro, hugely affected by this suspension. Uh, We just got announced on Monday morning that there's no WTA play until May. Uh, And at this point, now the way things are going, I mean, I'm in New York. Irina's in Orlando. I'm expecting that to be pushed back more. So, Irina, let's start with what is your life like these days?
2: Well, to be honest, I just got back from Sam's Club where I was able to stock on – quite a bit of dried and canned goods um, just because I've been hearing whispers and rumors about actual, uh, you know, we're probably going to end up getting quarantined in our own homes. Um, So if that's the case, I mean, we're just trying to prepare ourselves early. We're not really coming in contact with anyone other than people that live in the house. Um, So thankfully there is lots of trails outside that you're able to go out and, you know, run, sprint, do whatever um, you can to kind of keep your fitness up because, I mean, as of now, as of last night, um, the USCA Center, which is only five minutes away and where I usually train, is closed. It's completely shut out, shut down, and locked up. So unless you actually go to some public courts, public facilities where you're not really, hitting with anyone that has a coronavirus um it's kind of hard right now and uh the thing is you don't also want to be hitting too early you don't want to peak too early since as of now it's may 2nd it can be even further than that so it might just be very light hitting if that for the next couple weeks but just maintaining fitness i think is the most important thing and thankfully my fiance built a boxing gym in the garage so we are good to go on that on that front. But um, yeah,
1: you are lucky to have that because I think a lot of a lot of players will be desperate for space in a room. If, if they live in an apartment, especially you have a nice house, you have that garage. I mean, that there is some positives in all of this chaos it, when it all first started unfolding, when Indian Wells was canceled and all this was happening and it was like, okay, it might be a four to six week suspension. My initial thought was like, oh, well, okay, look, income is obviously a problem for pe- players, but sometimes you guys have injuries that last four to six weeks. Sometimes you have illnesses that last two to four weeks in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't seem like a very big chunk of time, but now that things have escalated so severely, it could be three months. It could be six months. It could be, I don't know. And that the hard part is when you're sick and injured, you kind of have somewhat of an idea like, hey, I'm working towards this goal. Now it's like I'm working towards what?
2: Yeah, that's the other thing, because, for example, let's say you do have six weeks of where you're trying to rehab from an injury. You have the option if you want to go somewhere, if you want to go and travel, if you want to go just go to the beach for a couple days or anything like that, you have that luxury if you want it. Now, in this case, it's like, oh man, flights to Costa Rica and Ecuador and Puerto Rico are like less than $100. It's so tempting to want to go out and travel, but you can't. So in a sense, um, you know, a lot of tennis players, we tend to complain that the season is long. It's very, very, um, you know, it's it's tough on the body. Uh, So the fact that we have this time to kind of just Almost regroup. It's a weird time in the year because the season just kind of started. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it's very, very weird. I don't think that there's another word to put it, another word that you can really describe it because, I mean, with the Olympics coming up, I mean, I'm in a situation where I have a special ranking. So does that mean that my special ranking kind of freezes? Because once I start my first tournament I only have a year to use up all my special ranking tournaments so that's another thing that we just have absolutely no clue whatsoever and um with the Olympics coming up I mean do we know whether that's gonna even happen I mean a lot of girls are just in limbo right now and it's never a good place to be in when you're just uncertain um, so as of now, I'm just taking it day by day. And to be honest, I'm just enjoying the crap out of it. <laughs> There's no other way to see it. You just have to see it as an opportunity. Um, and one of the things that, you know, you can do is, um, I, I know Christiane was posting different things that you can kind of do while you're in this state. And, um, uh, you know, whether it's FaceTiming with people that you probably haven't talked to in a while, learning a new hobby, cleaning the house from, you know, head to toe, there's a lot of things that can be done during this time. So I think that if you go about it the right way, you can see it as a very positive thing, whether it's for me or whether for the world, I think we just have to see it in a positive light.
1: I knew you'd have some positive spin on this. I I mean, that's... (laughs) It's nice to hear, but it's also, I, you mentioned Christiane, have players been talking a lot? Have you guys been communicating with each other a lot? I know you're probably not hanging out a lot, but has there been a conversation between you guys?
2: I mean, at the end of the day, I think a lot of the players are just kind of um, speaking the same voice right now in unison, which is self-isolate, y'all. Do not go and be around other people. Do not put yourself at risk and do not put others at risk. Um So I think we're all trying to find ways on how to have, uh, new ways to work out at home because that's pretty much what a lot of players are doing. I know I was speaking to Madison and she said, Hey, we got some board games, you know, so there's that. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to do. And I think a lot of players, I mean, it's that uncertainty, but, um, I have a feeling that they're all going to come back pretty jacked and fit <laughs> during after this time.
0: Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of nineties inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels, whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out the Coco CG one empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com.
1: Hey everyone, you're listening to the tennis.com podcast. Arvina and I are talking about the coronavirus effects on the sport and the tours and what kind of she's doing and what's happening next for WTA players. Keep listening. When the Indian Wells first got canceled, the Phoenix Challenger became like the hottest attraction for players to sign up for. They changed the draws for Guadalajara and Phoenix, they made them bigger. Do you think, hypothetically, things go well? May 2nd, WTA comes back. I mean, won't everyone sign up for the same tournaments? Won't Shouldn't they expand the draws? Is that something that you think maybe might happen along with I, the ranking situation, the special rankings being figured out? But then the demand will be so high, won't it? Or what do you think? It's, I think, wishful thinking to think that we're going to have
2: any WTA tournaments happening during May 2nd because there's going to be a lot of tournaments during the month of May that are in Europe. And as of now, we know that Europe is in a no-fly zone. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if we're not looking at anything till past Wimbledon, to be honest. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to be positive, but at the same time, I'm a realist. And I think that depending on who you listen to, we don't really know the gravity of the situation. And, I mean, we can be told, hey, it's not that bad or... Hey, just self-isolate. It'll be okay. But, um, you know, there's just so many people that get affected by it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it does affect players, but it's the volunteers and the ball kids and all the staff that put it together that are also at risk. So there's just so many moving parts. So I I can't even imagine the stress that is happening, uh, amongst the ITF, WTA, ATP to figure out what to do about Every everything pretty much.
1: It is crazy to think of how many people are being affected. You mentioned we've always talked about players, but tournament directors, employees, staff, people that work in arenas, people that work at stadiums, tennis centers. I mean, this is everyone. I'm just hoping that the schedule in 2021 comes back to normalcy and that we don't lose tournaments, maybe who just don't have the funds to get back off the ground. You just don't know the, the long-term effect of this. But the, the the short-term effect of this is players are sitting at home doing – Probably like YouTube ad exercises all day and working out in their garages like Irina and trying to be positive and stick together and staying out of social gatherings is kind of what what we've got here. And things are changing day by day. This episode was recorded on Monday. Who knows what's going to happen in the next coming days, next coming weeks. We have absolutely no idea other than we'll be doing a lot of podcasts because... They're done via Skype and phone. So, you know, perfectly safe form of content to create and something we're going to keep working on and getting you guys weekly content. And next up in this episode, we're going to talk with Kyle McClelland. He's a producer at Tennis Channel. We're going to hear his story from Indian Wells because Irina went and played the Challenger, but she was not there for the BNP Paribas Open, and I hadn't got there either. So Kyle has the on the grounds from technically ground zero, I guess you can call it, the first tournament to fall. And we're going to hear from him And uh, here we go. Kyle, thanks for calling in. Of course. Great. Okay. So I wanted to kind of go through because Irina and I were not on the side at Indian Wells, but you, blessed be, was there. You got there a little bit earlier to organize these big production shoots. People who don't know it, Tennis Channel kind of has a huge stake at Indian Wells. So they have a big tent. We do a shoot. It's awesome. And we have this little golf cart trick that we do. So, Kyle, I want to kind of let you explain what your role was there and how much of it was achieved because you got there early?
3: Sure, so I was one of, uh, I would say a team of, oh man, probably about 20, 25 people who were there early to do, as Nina said, the 10th uh, Channel um, specialty shoot which is in this big tent and they really, really kind of blow it out for lack of a better term. and create this white box um, and the people in charge of that, some of our, you know, Shelby Coleman and some of our higher up uh, producers did a really, really nice job with it. And basically the goal is to, um, before Indian Wells starts to funnel players from the top 100 on both tours through to do these like beautiful portraits in this white box that um, I believe are used in, you know, the bump ins and bump outs of our Roland Garros coverage and other coverage throughout the year. It's really, really pretty. Um, my specific job all in there um, is on the ride from the locker room. So we pick the players up to take them out to this um, makeshift studio. Um, we throw them on a golf cart and we figured we'd take advantage of that like three to five minute golf cart ride. Um, so my team, uh, which is a little bit more on the digital side of things, uh, we do this thing called confessional cart and we try to um, shed light on some of the players' interests off the court, uh, while they're on this cart, have a little bit of fun. Um, so this year we, uh, um, we ended up, uh, turning the cart into somewhat of a human, um, named Clyde, and we decorated it. Um, and, you know, we kind of scared the players this year. We took, uh, um, a microphone, put it on the cart, and one of my, uh, teammates, um, started talking to the players if he was the cart uh, when they first got on and then we would go for the drive we'd uh, ask them a couple fun questions things like if you played an Olympic sport other than tennis what would it be what shows are you streaming favorite mu- music artists all that kind of stuff to kind of let them answer a couple questions that are non-tennis related because um, we think the fans appreciate that and uh, so anyway um, we were you know kind of full steam ahead, uh, heading into the weekend before any well started. Um, personally, like as I was driving out there, I drove out there the Friday prior um, to the end. I kind of like, it was joking in my head a little bit. I'm like, Oh my God, what if this ends up getting canceled because of the coronavirus or something happened? And it didn't really cross my mind as though it would like actually happen. Um, and then it did, and it was a bit surreal. And, but we continued on with the shoot because a lot of the players were still out there. Um, and they were willing to, you know, keep going with their media commitment. Uh, they didn't have much else to do. (laughs) Um, so they figured, why not take advantage of this? I mean, we didn't get as many players as we did last year, unfortunately. Um, but we still got a lot come through, um, to rock carts and to do the specialty food. Um, and it was, in one way, it was business as usual, but, um, it, like, otherwise, it, it was kind of like this, as the days wore on, like, of the week that it was supposed to start, it sort of got a little eerie, like, on the ground, like, it was just like, oh, this huge event that everyone loves and looks forward to, suddenly it was just being packed up in boxes. And you're just like walking around like when it was supposed to be first round matches and like they're tearing down signs. And you're like, oh, what is going on right now?
1: I don't even like. And now looking, it's been it's been about a week since this happened. So we're, we're recording this episode on Monday. So it's been about eight days. But it feels like things have escalated from oh yeah, Indian Wells is canceled. Like this is insane. I can't believe it. To literally everything is canceled and Indian Wells is just like the first thing to fall. But it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel as big as it did when it was happening. When it was happening, it felt like so insane
3: it happened so quickly yeah. like it was like we blinked and like suddenly it was like okay well now there's a rumor um and usually where there's smoke there's fire like that the event is either not going to happen or they're going to do it without fans so we were like okay and then it was just you know we tried to keep it as normal as possible but it was it, it, the thing that i heard the most throughout those five or six days of, that i was out there was just i don't know like people asking questions what happens now what happens next and everyone just running like i don't know
2: i remember thinking like uh this is kind of a bit of an overreaction over one case and now looking back in hindsight was like wow really great call from them to be able to just make the executive decision and be like actually we're just gonna go ahead and cancel just for health and safety i mean best decision ever. I mean, to see that the WTA tour has been shut down until May 2nd as of now, and uh, I mean, I don't know that there's going to be any European clay court swing whatsoever, so this is definitely
1: weird times, you guys. Oh, yeah, and now it's... the way you said that, yeah, they, at the time I'm like, they're overreacting. I'll admit, I was like, this seems a bit much. I mean, no. Nope.
3: Agreed. I For a second I was like, oh, it'll be fine, but now that like it made, it made me I, I mean, I was like lightly paying attention to it as we were heading out there. And I'm like, um, in the back of my mind, this could be a possibility. But then as you know, when it officially got canceled or postponed or whatever it's going to be like, that's when I kind of started like really paying attention, not only to like what was happening, you know, with the event, but like, even like personally, like, okay, I need to start taking this a little bit more seriously. I need to start like listening to these CDC warnings and all this kind of stuff. So I guess I agree like it was it was part of the decision and I think people when they first hear it there's obviously like a sadness and a disappointment that like oh no like this event that we all love and all these other events are going to be canceled but like when we look back on all this like is definitely the right decision and all the decisions that have made since I think are the right decision I mean I, I you've got to look out for the safety and health of everybody first or you're just not going to have you know, there'll be an even ex- more extended period of time where there is no tennis. <laughs> we have to, we have to take care of this right now. And
2: it is very strange. I was, um, I was actually in Colorado when I found out the news because <laughs> last minute I was there in Indian Wells for the Oracle Challenger um, before the BNP Pariva Open, and then um, we decided we we're like, well, if. I mean there's really not much happening so why don't you go ahead and go snowboarding because that's I really love to go snowboarding it's what I do in my off time um and I remember sitting at dinner and all of a sudden I get the snap from someone and it's like yep Indian Wells is canceled I was like is this for real? Like, I really thought it was like some sort of prank. And um, funny enough, I arrived back from snowboarding, I think it was on Wednesday, last Wednesday, and uh, all the ski and snowboarding resorts are closed as of this morning. So good timing from my end.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Hey guys, you're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. Today we have Tennis Channel producer Kyle McLellan telling us a little bit about the fact that even though Indian Wells was canceled, he was still able to talk to over 40 players over there. Keep listening.
1: Kyle, you're in LA and I'm in New York. So I know, I mean, I know that Orlando is also a big city, but like the big cities are completely shutting down. I mean, bars, restaurants, everything like, offices no one's going to work i'm sure people imagine traffic must be much better in la but you know it's total shutdown. <laughs> yeah there, there are some positives i will admit but for the most part it's so it's like we're in one of those horror movies but i want to ask yeah, you Kyle, yeah i want to ask you Kyle. you you did get a bunch of players coming in because we've got a we've got mm-hmm. cart confessionals coming through which are those features mm-hmm. you talked about with clyde the cart um but we yeah. also have these photos we got. So I know you've had Naomi Osaka, Dominic Team, Bianca Andreescu, tons of players mm-hmm. came through. What was the atmosphere like on Monday? I mean, you have Coco Goff who probably had a positive attitude, but you know, like what, what were players thinking? Was there any like one that stood out to you that you could share with us?
3: Like I never, it was just as usual. I mean, there were a few kind of just like people would make little asides and little jokes here and there, but I think everyone was just sort of like, well, I guess we just proceed normally. Um, I mean, I think based on having done it last year, I would say that most players were a little bit more oddly like relaxed. And maybe that was because, you know, there wasn't the pressure of the tournament looming. It felt like there was a little bit more time and freedom to do things with the players because they didn't have much, uh, much else to do. Um, uh, I mean, kind of kept them to a strict schedule, but like there was a sense of, I mean, there, there, there was this confusion like while actually, like, interacting with players, they seemed to be willing to maybe do a little bit more with the media. They definitely were more relaxed than the year before. And I think it was because, one, there was no tournament to be played, and there was just, like, there's no, like, hard, like, deadlines for things. Like, they were just there hanging out. I was going to say Naomi in particular. I mean, we didn't have her on the cart last year, uh, and she didn't come to the specialty shoot. I um, not out of her own choice I think it was just the scheduling thing uh, But this year she was like So fun loving and easy going with everything And uh, it was really down To just kind of like Do everything that we asked her to do um, There was like really no pushback We talked to her team about doing the card And explained how fun it would be And she like really dove into it It's actually the first episode we're going to release Bianca was the same We actually She was like the last person to come through at night and it was the very last thing she was doing. She had a blast um, coming into our shoot and doing the portraits. And then she brought her dog with her, Coco. Her mom was there and she was like joking with us. So I think there was, uh, and her part will be one of the first ones released really too. And she was like having such a good time on it. And like, it was almost as if she wanted to like keep going.
2: I'm not surprised whatsoever about the relax thing. Well, as of now, I mean, I got an email this morning, as I've said many times already today, May 2nd is supposedly the day that they're saying that tournaments are cancelled until May second. So, um, since you are a, a tennis channel producer, what exactly are you doing with your life as of now, Kyle?
3: Well, we are um we are working um remotely as much as we can, um, but we still have some commitments that we have to fill. I mean, our social media networks and digital outlets, MS and all these other places and obviously our broadcast networks are still up and running and we have to fill time um so my team specifically is in the midst of kind of working through some of the content that we've already banked and finding unique ways to to edit and create videos that we can release over the next couple weeks um time to have a little fun and maybe you know kind of try some fun stuff some weird stuff that uh you know my teams are just working on ways to, to uniquely cover the sport whether it's uh, get you know players to send in you know videos of what they're doing on their days off, uh, finding ways to look back at you know the historical uh, or things that have happened in the past in tennis. Like we're doing like on these day type videos.
1: It's definitely weird, but definitely at the same time, it feels like there is some opportunity. Like you said, the players were coming in and forty. 40- 40 golf cart interviews and videos and shoots. I mean, that's a lot of content, even from something that technically is, was a failure with the tournament being canceled. And, you know, it's a it's a weird time, but everyone kind of has a feeling of camaraderie and trying to work together. Th- there's so much more important right now than tennis, but we are all family, and Tennis Channel is going to continue to create content, like you said, uh, throwbacks, and reaching out to the players who, at least right now, are kind of available. Like, I mean no one's even really practicing that much because you can't even go to a tennis center like it's yeah I mean I guess the message is everyone can you know continue to watch tennis channel and stay tuned to tennis.com podcast and baseline.tennis.com and tennis.com because I mean we're gonna do our best to create as much content as possible and
3: yeah we're gonna do our best to bring you know all the stories that we can and all the content that we can over the next couple weeks and Um, hopefully keep all of our viewers and tennis fans engaged and uh, more to come.
1: All right. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Kyle. Thanks
3: guys. Appreciate it.
1: From the tennis channel podcast network. This has been the tennis.com podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay caught up. We're available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and every major listening app as well as tennis.com slash podcasts. You can also see the videos of our episodes on Tennis Channel's YouTube page and Tennis.com's Facebook page. We're your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. We'd like to thank our team, editor and audio designer and video editor, Christina Koseva, producers Alexa March and Sean O'Malley, and executive producers Shelby Coleman, Kyle Einhorn, and Andy Chu.